You pick up your Bible and wonder, is there more here than meets the eye? Is there something here for me? I mean, it's just words printed on paper, right? Well, it may look like just print on a page, but it's more than ink. Join us for the next half hour as we explore God's Word together, as we learn how to explore it on our own, as we ask God to meet us there in its pages. Welcome to More Than Ink. Hey, when somebody in the neighborhood is barbecuing, everybody for blocks knows it because of the aroma. It smells great. Well, today we're going to consecrate the priests and that aroma will be in the air. And it smells good. It does smell good, not only in our nostrils, but in God's. Today, on on More Than Than Ink. Well, good morning. You're listening to More Than Ink. I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And we're sitting around our kitchen table, literally. Well, actually, our dining table. Dining room table. Yeah. Cause, uh, but uh, it's very informal because we love to informally sit around, look at the word, you know, kind of run it through our minds and taste it with our lips and talk about it. So I don't know if you know this, but uh, Dorothy and I both look at these passages before we record these, but we don't have we a don't clue talk about them ahead of time. what the other person's going to say, which leads to a little bit of tension and suspense so and today, lots of laughing on my yeah, part so let me bring up to where we are we're looking at chapter 29 of exodus today and we just finished getting the high priest and his sons all clothed last week and now we need to get them well installed into their role as priests so we need to consecrate them as priests and that's the primary topic in chapter 29 is how to get them consecrated into their role as being intermediaries for the intermediaries for the nation so to consecrate this this is consecrate. the ceremony of setting them apart yes. and it's in full view of everybody there's nothing secret everyone about it. sees everybody this sees thing. this happen right. so they know these men have been fully vested yes. in this job and since they do see it this is god's way of saying in a graphical way he's trying to tell you something very important about what the role of this man the high priest and his sons is by how they are consecrated so take notes as we go and see if you can figure out what this is telling you visibly as we consecrate them so turn your bibles to chapter 29 we're jumping into verse one here we go let's consecrate the priests okay now this is what you shall do to them to consecrate them that they may serve me as priests take one bull of the herd and two rams without blemish and an unleavened bread unleavened cakes mixed with oil and unleavened wafers smeared with oil you shall make them a fine wheat flour you shall put them in one basket and bring them in the basket and bring the bull and the two rams You shall bring Aaron and his sons to the entrance of the tent of meeting and wash them with water. Then you shall take the garments and put on Aaron the coat and the robe of the ephod and the ephod and the breastpiece and gird him with the skillfully woven band of the ephod. And you shall set the turban on his head and put the holy crown on the turban. And you shall take the anointing oil and pour it on his head and anoint him. And then you shall bring his sons and put coats on them. And you shall gird Aaron and his sons with sashes and bind caps on them. And the priesthood shall be theirs by a statute forever. Thus you shall ordain Aaron and his sons. Okay. Stop there. 
So we're ready to do some some offerings, but we've got them all dressed. So you notice that the dress we talked about in the previous chapter, they're putting that on right here in front of the people. Right. And that's yeah. it. Now bring it all together. They've got the animals and the foods animals and everything. Are there, right. And then they're going to start into the process. They right. wash them, they clothe them, and then they anoint them. Wash, Aaron clothe, first, anoint. That's and then right. the sons. That's right. And we bring we bring the recipe for the sacrifices, right? We've got a bowl, some rams, right. some wheat made cakes and stuff like that so we're ready to go and uh and presumably you know aaron shows up in his street clothes <laughs> well, in his normal daily clothes yeah he doesn't wear his his priestly garb all the time and as they're getting ready to do this he puts puts these things on ceremonially he puts all the stuff we talked about in the previous chapter and uh you know the names of the tribes of israel over his heart and on the, the onyx pieces on his shoulders the the turban, the gold that says holy of the Lord. He puts right. all that stuff on. Everyone gets ready. And we have all the ingredients set. And uh, and we're going to go into the consecration. And did you catch it? that All of that is done for Aaron. Yes. And then you bring the sons and yeah. do that. So yeah. really the focus is on Aaron as the high priest. As the high priest. And the sons as servants and of they the assist. high priest. Yeah, yeah they're And, and they're you'll assisting. see why they're needed to assist when you see the magnitude of the sacrifices. Well, yeah. So perhaps there are people who are farmers listening to this and you're thinking are people who have killed their own cows or right. slaughtered their own livestock. And you think, well, that's a lot of work. Well, there's a lot of different kinds of, of sacrifices coming up here. A lot of work. Well, we have a bull, which is a large animal. Big animal. That's the first that's, one. That's not a, that's not a one-man sacrifice. And then you've got rams, which are feisty sheep, right? They're rams, but we have two of them, right. not just one right. of them. So yeah, this is this is why you can see Aaron and his sons are needed to do this kind of thing. So we need to get them consecrated. And part of the idea of consecration is, first off, before they can be good intermediaries for the sins of the people, we have to do something about their sins. Right. And that's what we step up to next. And Hebrews actually talks about that, about how the the priests used to have to offer sacrifice first for themselves before they could offer sacrifice for the people. Yeah, yeah. So let's read. Let's read. By the way, I might just point out, and you can noodle over this as we go along. uh, We just read that this is, you shall ordain Aaron and his sons. Uh, we've talked a lot about the fact that Jesus is our high priest, mm-hmm. but you know Jesus is not is not, not related of, Aaron. Yeah. of Aaron. So what does that mean? Well, we'll get to that some other time. Well, we talked about that last year when we did Hebrews. Yeah, that's we right. Talked about so Jesus being a priest of a different order, the order of Melchizedek. That's right. So uh, you all, if you're just picking up the program now, you can go back and listen to those yeah. shows on Hebrews, um, or just sit down and read the letter I, to I, Hebrews. I just wanted that little penny to fall if you had me, because that was that was the problem that the writer of Hebrews is saying. Jesus right. is a high priest, and a Jew would say, he can't he be. He can't be. Because according to Exodus 29 and 20, he's got to right. be from Aaron. Well, he's a different right. kind of priest, right. but he is no less the high priest. Okay, let's look at the offering that consecrates the high priest. You want to read for us? 10? Sure, this verse is the 10. first offering, the and this is offering. the bull. Verse yep. 10, then you shall bring the bull before the tent of meeting. Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the bull. Then you shall kill the bull before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. Mm -hmm. And you shall take part of the blood of the bull and put it on the horns of the altar with your finger. And the rest of the blood you shall pour out at the base of the altar. And you shall take all the fat that covers the entrails and the long lobe of the liver and the two kidneys and the fat that's on them and burn them on the altar. But the flesh of the bull and its skin and its dung you shall burn with fire outside the camp, for it's a sin offering. Wow, so we're just killing the bull to start with right yeah 
And you need to take notice of the fact of what happens with the blood, because the blood is sort of the central actor in right. this entire sacrifice, the central actor of it. And, and notice where the blood goes. That's really, really important. Because remember, we talked about the fact that the blood isn't just a weird Dracula horror film kind right. of thing. The blood is a symbol of, uh, of carrying life from one to another. So when the animal loses its blood, it loses its life. But when that blood is applied somewhere else, it symbolically is being applied to you. So it's the moving of life from mm -hmm. one sacrifice to someone else to benefit it. So where does the blood go in this particular picture? Where does the life go? Mm, this one goes on the altar. On the altar. The sin offering, the blood purifies the altar. Yes. And so the question crossed my mind, who is, whose finger is putting the blood on the altar? Yeah, that's it a really good question. It must be Moses at this point, because we, it's we Aaron know. who's being ordained. Yeah, that, it's, but the text yeah. is not real clear. Yeah. But Moses is the one, at this point in Exodus, Moses is receiving the instructions, and yeah. we're having a recounting here of the instructions, and it then would, we're going to yeah. actually have the execution a few chapters ahead. Yeah, right. And I th I think in Leviticus 8, we actually see this happen. Right. It's documented. Right. But, but yeah, so it could be Moses, because... Because Aaron's not dipping the finger and putting it right. on himself. So. But look what happens to the animal now. Yeah. That's uh, the, important. The yeah. blood gets applied to the altar and poured out at the base. And then you take all the guts, the fat and the guts, and the deepest inside part of the animal mm -hmm. and burn those on the altar. Mm -hmm. But the mm -hmm. flesh and the skin and the dung, the refuse, is burned with fire outside the camp outside. because it's a sin offering outside the camp. Right, now Hebrews 13 refers to that and says, mm -hmm. now remember, the flesh of the sin offering gets burned outside the camp. Only the blood serves yes. its purpose. Yes. So the blood here very symbolically purifies and, and brings, atones. brings an, yeah, brings a, an offer of life, right. hope of life right. around what functions at the altar. What happens now is at the altar is going to be, in a, a real sense, a source of life. Right. Even though the altar is known as a killing place, it's a place of death. Right. But it, because of the blood, the transference of the blood, it says, yeah, but there's going to be life that comes from these from deaths. this place from exactly this holy place. very yeah. clear picture of what the altar is all about it's not just to give gifts to god it's actually to affect the transference of yeah, life this exchange of life right mm -hmm. very clear picture right here about that and yet still the the bull itself in its flesh and its larger body is considered kind of sinful right yeah the only body part, flesh. The, part the only important part about this sin offering bull is the blood yeah the rest, of, and well, the guts, the, the guts deep too. inner parts, the deep inner parts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now we passed right over at the beginning of the fact that Aaron and his sons lay their hands on the head of the right. bull. Right. So if you're just a bystander Israelite looking on at this, you're when you see that, what are you thinking? Mm, you are identifying exactly. This bull represents me. Yes, and they are participating in accepting the substitution on their behalf. Okay, so the part yeah. of the bull that goes on the altar is the deep inner part the guts yeah right yeah. and the part that dies burned outside the camp is the dead corrupted flesh yep that's the picture there's here. lots of theology oh, in this oh my goodness Just a lot Deep of theology. theology this is not here. a picture that was lost on the israelites they saw what was going on yeah. and the the benefit of the transference of life from this bull this mighty beast and and basically making the altar a place where life is going to come out of death yeah that's an amazing thing. And and, it, and at least right now, since we're consecrating the priests, Aaron and his sons, they lay their hands on this bull. Right. And they're saying, we basically accept 
this substitutionary right. transfer of life on our behalf. And that's right. what that putting on hands is right. really meant We've to identified be. Identified this bull is Identified me. with this, yeah. <laughs> so, so clearly as people are looking on, you know, if the priest were standing off to the side and they just sacrificed this animal, it wouldn't mean much. But when they lay their hands on it, they right. realize this is for them. That's what right. they're seeing. Very, very visual, clear visual of what the benefit and purpose of a the sacrifice. substitutionary sacrifice. They are accepting the substitution. Yeah. Okay. So let's read on. Yeah. We move We're going to get to the good to the rams now. That's right, Verse the, fifteen. The burnt then you shall take one of the rams, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the ram, and you shall kill the ram and take its blood and throw it against the sides of the altar. Mm. Then you shall cut the ram into pieces and wash its entrails and its legs and put them with its pieces and its head and burn the whole ram on the altar. It is a burnt offering to the Lord. It is a pleasing aroma, a food offering to the Lord. Wow. Okay, so the difference here is this whole burnt the offering. whole ram. It probably smelled pretty good, right? Well, Roasting meat. It says it was a pleasing aroma. Yeah. Well, the ancient man, you know, barbecuing animals smells pretty darn good. Oh, okay. But the imagery of the whole bird offering <laughs> the whole is the ram. whole self right, on right, the altar. Right. So this this is similar again, too, because you got to trace the direction of the blood. And uh, you kill the ram, take its blood, and you throw it against the sides of the altar again. So in a way, we're sort of uh, making the altar an acceptable place of the transference of life from this altar life out of death that's clearly what it's saying and then and then the totality not just part of the animal like the bull but the whole animal this this the first of the two rams first of the two rams right, right. is wholly wholly invested in this process and it's a burnt offering to the lord it's a pleasing aroma it's a food offering and that's it's really clearly Isn't that interesting yeah it's a food offering and they can they know what what roasting you know right Right. It smells good. It smells really good. So not only does it smell good to them, but they can understand why this would smell good to God. So this offering that's made on behalf of the sins of the priests is something that smells good to God. And they get that because it does smell good. It's and bar- it's the whole it's barbecue, animal. barbecue. Whole animal. Well, now that was the first of two rams. Okay. We got so, another ram Verse coming. 19, you shall take the other ram, and Aaron and his sons shall lay their hands on the head of the ram, and you shall kill the ram, and take part of its blood and put it on the tip of the right ear of what? Aaron and on the tips of the right ears of his sons and on the thumbs of their right hands and on the great toes of their right feet and throw the rest of the blood against the sides of the altar. Then you shall take part of the blood that's on the altar and of the anointing oil and sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments and on his sons and his sons' garments. Mm-hmm. And he and his garments shall be holy and his sons and his sons' garments with him. Well, Wow. Okay, before we finish what they do with the rest of this ram, no, let's no, stop talk there. about this. Yeah, because yeah, this is this is for me like the focal point of this entire part it's we're going to look so at today. Important. Really interesting. So again, with the second ram, they lay their hands on, so mm-hmm. they're identified with visibly it, visibly identifying with the sacrifice. And again, trace where the blood trace goes, the blood. and that's what's interesting here. <laughs> so we're watching this this kind of representative exchange of life happening. Yes. yes. Right. So where does the blood go? It gets marked. On their right ear. Tip of the right ear. On their thumb on their right hand. Right hand thumb. And on big toe of their right foot. Big toe of the right <gasps> foot. So now the there's ear, symbols the here. hand and the feet yes. represent something. And if we remember that the priests are representatives mm-hmm. of the people to God, but they also represent God to the people. Yes. So we're talking about the exchange of life and a holy life, a hearing, a doing, a walking 
yes. sanctified. Yeah, yeah. So sanctified, set apart for a purpose. So their ears are now set apart for a purpose. Their hands are set apart for a purpose. Their feet are set apart for a purpose. So, I mean, in the totality, and we already said this because they're they're holy in this right. job, but it does say something about the fact that God is sanctifying their their listening and their hearing, sanctifying what they do with the works of their hands. What That's they do the is a result of what they hear. Yeah, and where they go, and how in terms they of walk, and how they walk. Yeah. So, so that that's very clear symbolism right, right here. And. And remember, if you remember that blood is this transference of life, uh, what God is saying is that now they're going to be involved in a sense that they're going to be participants in the conveying of life Mm -hmm. through what they hear, what they do, and where they go. Well, okay, okay. Uh, that makes sense it for sure a priest does. role. That makes a ton of sense. <laughs> but it took it took a supernatural substitution in right. order to make them right. capable to do that, and that's that's what this is all about. And then eventually, the blood, even after that, goes on the altar. Like again, life is going to come out of death that happens on this altar. Yeah. But it's what happens after that that blows my mind. So okay, then, then read on. Well, no, not no. The anointing oil. Oh, the, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, the yes. blood. The blood mixed okay. with the anointing oil. And where does that go? It does not go in the altar. It doesn't go on their ears, thumbs, or toes. It goes on this beautiful clothing they're wearing. Mm. This remember how beautiful that was for beauty and for yeah. glory, and it gets sprinkled on their clothing. And I look when I read that in the margin, I wrote, no, there, no, you're going to make them all icky with the blood and icky with the oil, and you. Know, the oil is the Holy Spirit and the calling of God on their behalf. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna wreck all this great clothing and all this great linen. Well, that raises an interesting question: Is it a, a literal splattering of blood, or is it a ceremonial? Well, it's flicking. It's not <laughs> pouring. It does say sprinkle. Right. So you'll sprinkle it on Aaron and his garments. It's very right. specific on his garments and his son's garments. So get the visual here, because mm-hmm. now when you see Aaron and his sons doing the stuff for God, for the benefit of the people, not only are they going to see these precious stones with the precious names of the tribes of Israel and all these great linens and these colors, they're now, every time they see him, they're going to see blood mm-hmm. as well. And that's that's meant to be a little jarring. And for me, visually, is even if I put this picture in my head, it's jarring. It's jarring. They, they're taking this beautiful thing, and they've just... Yeah, they've just wrecked it with all this blood. But the role of the high priest, you know, in terms of carrying the names of the people before God, uh, has to always have visually kind of mixed with it the fact that they don't come to God except with this blood. Okay, Hebrews says point. nothing is cleansed without nothing the shedding is of blood. Cleansed without the shedding of blood. Without this 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 imputation of life. Yeah. So this very beautiful picture of this clothing has to always carry around this marking with blood that i mean it just it's just very clear it would just be jarring to me to see it because we're we're dealing with sin yeah. right and god had said at the very beginning now if you sin there will be death you yes. will die yes and i will have to pay for that yep for you yep you can't pay for that yourself. Yeah, and and way back when we were in the Holy of Holies, we have we have uh, you know the Ark of the Covenant, right? In there, this beautiful gold covered box with the beautiful solid gold cherubims on top, mm-hmm. and in the in the use of that space, uh, the high priest goes in and sprinkles blood on that beautiful gold piece of furniture. <laughs> I mean, it just, it's so jarring. It, it just mars everything. It's a constant reminder of the fact that life does not come without the shedding of blood, even into the very presence of mm-hmm. God. It's, it's everywhere. It's, 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 it marks the path into the Holy of Holies in the presence of God. It even marks the high priest himself. And Jesus as our high priest was marked with blood. 
his blood was shed on our behalf. So this is a very direct connection. You no, know, we actually see him eternally marked, right? Yes, He's yes. identified in Revelation as the lamb who was slain. Yeah. He carries that mark of the sacrifice of life yeah. into eternity. I do not understand that. And yeah. yet, here it is. Constant reminder. But that the beautiful, the, all that time we spent looking at the garments. Here, uh-huh. what we've just done is we've consecrated the garments. We've consecrated the garments, and with what? With blood itself. That, I think that's a fascinating thing. It's it, it just wrecks the beauty of the garments to me, but it doesn't. It actually fulfills their purpose. It fulfills their purpose. Yeah, yeah. You were you were going someplace. Oh uh, no, let's well, let's read on. We okay. just have to finish what happens to the, what happens to this sacrifice. Okay, so, well, let, I'll, I'll take it okay. from here. So twenty two, we're going to this what we call a wave offering. Wave, you'll see why. So you shall also take the fat from the ram and the fat tail and the fat that covers the entrails and the long lobe of the liver and the two kidneys with the fat that is on them and the right thigh for it's a ram of ordination and one loaf of bread and one cake of bread made with oil and one wafer out of the basket of unleavened bread that is before the Lord. And you shall put all these on the palms of Aaron and on the palms of his sons and wave them for a wave offering before the Lord. And you shall take them from their hands and burn them on the altar on top of the burnt offering as a pleasing aroma before the Lord. It's a food offering to the Lord. That's what, when we hear about a wave offering, well, you put these things in Aaron's hands, he lifts them up to God and he waves them before the Lord, and then they sacrifice it on the altar. Have nothing to say? I I was waiting for you to stop. No, I really don't. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, Because there's there's a piece of this ram that's going to be also a wave offering that then becomes their portion to eat. Yeah. But at this point, this first part, the fat and the entrails and all of that, and part of the meat and the bread all becomes a wave offering and gets burned, yeah. that beautiful fragrance to the Lord. Well, yeah, and this is this whole part about waving is so when people are watching this, they clearly see that this part of the ram right. is being offered lifted to God, to lifted God. up to God, presented right. to God. But then another part of the ram's coming, you just said, that's right. going to be consumed by the priest. So we look at that in 26. That's how it sets this apart. So you shall take the breast of the, of the ram of Aaron's ordination and wave it for a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be your, your portion. portion. That's a food term. Mm-hmm. And you shall consecrate the breast of the wave offering that is waved and the thigh of the priest's portion that is contributed from the ram of ordination, from what was Aaron, Aaron's and his sons. And it shall be for Aaron and his sons as a perpetual due. Uh, this is there for them. Right, this from, is theirs. Yeah, from the people of Israel, for it is a contribution. It shall be a contribution from the people of Israel, from their peace offerings, their contribution to the Lord. So this part right here we just read is about the fact that this is this is the food that feeds the priests. Right. Yeah. And it comes from the peace offerings of the people. It yes. doesn't come from the sin offering. Exactly. It doesn't come from the other kinds of offerings. It comes from the peace offerings. It shall be your portion. And this explains, we mentioned this before, about how it is that when they subdivided the land, when they came in the land, they didn't get any land. The priests didn't get any land. Right. So how are you supposed to raise flocks? How are you supposed to raise food? They lived off of this, mm-hmm. is how they lived. And they lived off of the peace offerings that came from the people. As God's provision for them. As God's provision for them. So, you know, there's there's debates in the area we live in about whether or not it's right for, say, pastors or people in ministry to accept income for what they do. Well, here, Aaron and his and his sons as priests, this this is how they They're ate. literally their food it was came their from the food offering of the people. From what mm-hmm. they did full time on, on as servants of God on behalf of the people, this is basically their income. This is how they ate was from this. 
So this is food. This is their portion, and she'll always be their portion. So, and I, I find it kind of interesting, you know, when we look at communion, when we take in the, uh-huh. the bread and the drink, we take it into ourselves. And here the, the priests themselves are taking this right. in. And it occurred to me that, you know, if it, it, you need to eat, we all need to eat. But wouldn't it be silly? It does no good to just sit around food. You actually have to consume take it, it, have to consume it. And uh, that's true of communion as we do that. That's true right here, too. So in a, in a large measure, the priests are participating in this by consuming well it. hebrews says that and paul says that also he in does. first corinthians yep. don't you know yep. that when you are when you eat the sacrifices you are becoming a participant You're in the a altar participant right this is this is our way like they put their hands on the sacrifice animals this is how we participate here by taking it into ourselves mm-hmm. now that's not a foreign concept in ancient peoples no, ancient peoples when they did pagan sacrifices did the same thing they take in the benefit of it by taking it into themselves well indeed that's you know in pagan idolatrous practices the drinking of blood was a common same and thing you are taking into yourself right. the life of that animal that you've sacrificed yeah, yeah right and they were doing it in order to take on the characteristics of that creature yeah, yeah. right but but we do it uh, we don't drink literally the blood no but representationally we take the body and blood of christ into ourselves right and that's that idea extended from ancient times right. his life in us yeah just being around the sacrifice doesn't do it you have to actually take it into Become yourself. Become a participant. Be part, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, we're running short on time on this one as well. <laughs> we're conti- we're going to continue next week on more consecration, but more looking forward like to Aaron's successors because this, what we just looked at right here was this first time consecration right. of Aaron, the high priest, first one and his sons in this process. So we'll look forward and there's more of this kind of thing next time. But just last impressions on this as we look at the consecration. Well, I I am just struck by where the blood goes. Follow the blood. The altar, Always important. On the people, on the priests as representative on their what they hear, what they do with what they hear and how they walk. Right. Both representing the people before God and representing God before the people. Yeah. So when these sacrifices follow the blood, the blood is the medium the through blood which is the issue. life yeah. is transferred. And that's how it always is. Life is in the mm-hmm. blood, it says in Leviticus. So symbolically, it's the moving of life from mm-hmm. one to another. And we know because of Christ, who is not only our high priest, but he's also the sacrifice lamb, that that life confers to us through the blood of Christ. And that's why we say that. The blood is that's what blood is all about. So I'm Jim. And I'm Dorothy. And next time we'll come back and we'll consecrate, you know, the future generations of high priests <laughs> right here on More, More Than, Than Ink. is a production of Main Street Church of Brigham City and is solely responsible for its content. To contact us with your questions or comments, just go to our website, morethaninc.org. That's a, huh. that's a fair take, That might actually. be it. Yeah, that's a, let's try it again just to see.